the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and i got a couple things to do before I've got two callers, but we have three lines open as well, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Uh, a couple of things. One of the questions I get all the time is, is well, what happens to Mark Salem and his repair shop when we have electric cars? And the answer is, is we've had this same problem when we, when we went, we've been here before. Electric cars still have cooling systems. They still have brakes. They still have tires. They still have air conditioning systems. They still have all kinds of stuff. And they're going to, and they're real computer intensive, which means that there's going to be some expense associated with talking to those guys. But then we have to interpret what language they're talking to us. And then we can be able to fix it. But they've got all kinds of avoidance, cameras, and sensors and stuff that are going to go bad. So all we're doing is, is we're trading a lawnmower for a weed eater. That's all we're doing. So one and the other. So I'm not real worried about it. Anyway, Wayne, you're up first. How can I help you? Um, I, the thought occurred to me as you were talking about oil changes. The sensors on late model cars... Are they strictly a mileage calculation and they run off of the speedometer, or is there actually some uh, evaluation of the viscosity of the oil or something else that turns the light on to say it's time to change the oil? Wow. That is the best question in the world. What, what part of town do you live in? Chandler. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to buy your next oil change. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. That's just an absolute great question. I can't think them all by myself. The answer to your question is, it is an algorithm based on the following. How fast, how slow, how many minutes, how many seconds, what temperature, how hot, how cold, air on, air off, stop and go, average speed. It looks at all of that. All of that. And so, and, and here's why. Every time we heat the oil up and the engine temperature gets to 220, which is where it should be, water boils at, get this right. 212. Okay. So at 220, we're going to turn the water to a vapor. We're going to suck it out through the PCV valve, send it out the tailpipe. So the, the monitor, the engine goes, well, uh, he, he's been in that heat range, 220, for about an hour and a half. So I'm going to check the box of, does the, does the water, does the oil have water in it? Probably not. On the other hand, Wayne's wife goes to the liquor store two blocks away three times a day. And that's all she does. Her light's going to come on a lot sooner than your light does. And 
forgive me if I didn't mean to make fun of your wife, but you get my point. Right. Short trips versus long trips. And, and yes, the answer is, is the the change oil light or your due-for-service light is since probably at least 2010 for the last 10 years and for sure the last five or six years. The, the, the computer is looking at engine temperature, ambient temperature, speed, RPM, stop and go, all that stuff. All that stuff. Okay? Okay. That it? Well, it's good to know. Okay, you. now you're going to send me an email, Mark at MarkSalem.com, Salem like the cigarette, Mark yes. at MarkSalem.com, and uh, send me an email, and I will hook you up um, in, an, in, a, in the Chandler area, in the Tempe area, and I'll pay for your next oil change. And please don't Thanks. go buy a semi that holds 400 gallons of oil between now and then, okay? <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, no. All right. Thank you. All right. You bet you win. Al, you're up next. How can I help you? I had your question a while ago from a person who wanted to know about driving a four-wheel drive. Oh, is one of these push-button four-wheel drive things? Yes, sir. Uh, I have an older model vehicle that has a four-wheel drive, but it's, you have to engage it, but you can do it on the fly as long as you're at low speed. And I just wondered if I could drive it that way occasionally to keep the uh, front axles lubricated. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if When I had my 74 Chevy half-ton pickup that was four-wheel drive, it had hubs on the front. You remember those. And when I was going to... Okay. <laughs> I, I could... got out the snow and turned them into those hubs. I could tell. I could tell. And so I, I was born and raised in Douglas, and so sometimes I'd leave Phoenix and go home. And so that 250-mile jaunt, I'd lock the front hubs. And I'd just spin that rear end, and I'd swirl that oil up, and I'd lubricate everything. And, and I didn't put it in four-wheel drive. I just locked the hubs, which now locks the, ax the wheels to the axles and to the front drive shaft. I'm really not in four-wheel drive until I put the shifter into four-wheel drive. But I could lock the hubs. But in your case, the answer is yes. I don't want you delivering pizza with it in four-wheel drive, which means you're making tight right turns and left turns and stuff like that. But if you're going to go from one side of the valley to the other and you're going to be on the freeway for 20 or 30 minutes, then, yes, you can put it in four-wheel high. Wonderful. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Bye. You bet. You know, us old guys, we communicate. You know what I mean? We can read one another's minds. <laughs> four-wheel drive, okay, Question mark. So anyway, that's the Henri Mark talking right there. And and, and I, I have a couple other things to tell you. Obviously, everybody knows that the housing market's going crazy. I think Payson started before Phoenix did, but I'm not one of those experts. But I can tell you up here in Payson, the house goes on the market at 12.01 and it's sold at 12.02. Um, but here's the difference between there and from my house in Tempe to where I'm at in Payson is 93 miles. It's an hour and 41 minutes for me, and it's an hour and 30 minutes for my wife. I'm usually hauling stuff. <laughs> is my excuse. <laughs> but on the other hand, yesterday's temperatures, I, come on, where did I, oh, yeah, 41 um, yesterday morning and uh, 86 yesterday afternoon. For those of you that are coming up here this weekend, the forests are, they're, they're really particular about the forest and campfires and all that kind of stuff. I would strongly suggest you follow the rules because the temperament up in the hill country, up in the, in the, the rim country, is 
is that um, asking and begging and saying please may not be a, uh, a continuing uh, plan. They may start citing, and it seems to me that that might be something that would happen this fire season just because of the fires that are already all over Arizona. So please try to obey, obey the rules. But when you come up on Friday night and when you go home on Sunday afternoon, you, you know that the freeways are stacked up and, and just plan for a little extra time. But by the same token, um, Payson's real estate market is no different than your real estate market, uh, except we have better weather. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> yeah, we have better weather up here. Anyway, when it comes to uh, uh, if you're going to buy in Payson, I'm going to give out a, a free shout-out to a lady that has been with my family as a realtor um, for probably 20 years or more. Her name is Lori Coleman, and Lori represents my family and friends um, up here in Payson. So if you want to talk to a realtor here in Payson, I would suggest that you talk to Lori Coleman. And Lori would be happy to help you and send you information. She's very, very good at what she does. I don't make a dime on your commission. I'm not making any money on it. I just think the world of Lori, and I'll tell you a real quick story about Lori. I was buying some horse property up here. And um, and I'm going to just use numbers that don't represent the truth, but that, that you'll understand. They wanted $100,000 for this acre. And um, and she says, do you really like it? And I said, yes, I really do. And she says, okay, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want you to make him an offer. And she says, okay, what do you want me to tell him? And I said, how about 60? And she <laughs> she didn't laugh. She, she just smiled. And she said, okay. Now, I was just kind of testing her to see if she had the, the you know, the wherewithal to do that. <laughs> she did she did and 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 this was this was quite a while ago this was five six seven years ago um and we ended up buying it for for virtually nothing and we were really happy but i just remember that she didn't hedge she was prepared to do that so i think the world of Lori, um because she's and and renee my wife loves Lori too she's just really good and she'll tell you the truth and she won't lie to you and she'll offer you lots of different looks, but up here, like I suspect Prescott and 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 Sholo and and Heber and the, you know this particular mountain area, the Rim Country area, um, houses are going pretty fast. So you you got to be able to move and move fast. So Lori Coleman in Payson, I don't know the company she works for, but it's not going to be hard, that hard to find Lori. Who we got next, Gil? Uh, we have Alan. Alan, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, good morning. Yes, we've been talking a lot about oil. I have a 2007 Tundra with 192,000 miles, and I do use full synthetic. Question is, since I've retired, I don't put that many miles on my truck. So do I wait for the eight to 10,000 miles, or do I change it once a year? Because I think I'm putting less than 2,000 miles on my truck now. A year? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a great question, but I have an answer. I am a trained expert in oil. If you were my customer, I'd back you up to a semi-synthetic, a blended oil, and I'd bring you in once a year, and I'd cut your oil change in half, cut your oil change dollars in half. That's what I would do. Now, I could even go a step further 
and use the same weight and put you in a conventional oil that covers five to 7,000 miles a year, and that would cover you, and that would cover cut your oil down way far. Your engine doesn't care, and it doesn't know, and there's no way your engine has a brain to know if you put Valvoline or Pennzoil or Chevron <clears throat> or whatever in your car. It doesn't know if you put a conventional oil or a semi-synthetic oil or a synthetic. It doesn't know. The, your, your, your car has a brain, but it controls spark and fuel, and, and it doesn't analyze this kind of stuff. Your question is absolutely perfect because that happens a lot. But if I were your guy that was changing your, I'd just bring you in at the beginning of the summer and I'd put a, a, uh, the same weight, but I'd put a conventional, um, get as close to the conventional as I could, and I'd bring you in every June, every April or May, every year on a conventional oil. And as long as you didn't put more than 5,000, 6,000 miles on it, you would be happy and so would I. That's how I would handle it. Awesome. What part of Thank you very much. You, I appreciate that. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you have a shop in your geographical area that you like? I've been doing it myself. I'm in Queen Creek. Okay, okay. What have you been putting into it? What, what, uh, I've, been putting, what? Uh, I've been putting Mobile One full synthetic, the one that the um, Toyota recommends. I think it's 0, 5W30, 20? Yeah, 520. 520. Yeah. Um, I'd put a I'd put a conventional 530 in it. Um, I I mean, if you could find a 5, I don't think you're going to find a 520 in anything other than a semi-synthetic or a synthetic. Okay. But whatever you you have three different levels of oils. Just get down towards the bottom. Get a 530 conventional. Put it in there. You're going to be fine. You're going to be protected. And it's going to be cost too. Oh, you already know because you change the oil yourself. The cost is it, the synthetic is three times what conventional oil is. Right. So, yeah. Do I I've change been, the filter at the same time, or can I yeah, go one change? No, no. Well, you're going to change the filter every time you change the oil. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't like that idea. Um, of of doing it, I think people lose track. I don't think they have the magic marker when they're laying underneath that kind of stuff. So, my suggestion would be is do filter and fluid and and do them at the same time, and I think you'll be just fine. And if 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 I was in your shoes, I'd be doing the same thing. Got to run. The lines are wide open. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For thirty five years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. This is attorney William J. Wolfe host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. 
This Sunday, Mayor Jalovitz returns to discuss the Biden administration's foreign policy team in search of peace in the Middle East. Who is kidding whom? Mayor Jalovitz is a terrific host. Please don't miss this very important show. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. In speaking to the press recently, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell finally admitted that inflation is on the rise. But then he let himself off the hook by blaming, quote, transient factors, which is Fed speak for, it's not our fault and it won't last long. Powell's comment is an almost perfect inversion of the truth. The factors which suppressed inflation last year are the short-lasting ones. When you shut down the stores, people stop buying stuff, temporarily forcing prices to drop. What drives long-term inflation is when the government does lots of spending and lots of borrowing and the Fed prints the money to finance it. What we can reasonably expect is that a temporary price suppression from the shutdowns will give way to the more long-lasting effects of spend, borrow, print, inflate, repeat. That's why inflation hedges are doing so well. Investors know that if the Fed isn't worried about inflation, consumers should be. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Okie dokie, 5904. I I wrote that down, so I made a mistake on my log, Gil, but I fixed it. So it won't affect you and you won't be in any trouble. Gil's the one that's flying, flying in the airplane. I'm sitting in the first class seat with my feet up on the seat in front of me and I'm doing the show. But Gil's really the one that makes everything work real well. Just thought I'd let you know that for sure. Anyway, Larry Harker's Auto's up at 38th Avenue and Indian School. Been around since 1967. Um, they do really good. Bob and Ellen operate at Larry Harker's Auto. Bob is in the shop and Ellen's at the front counter and... Those of you ladies who want to do business with someone who has a lady on board, on site, and has authority and the knowledge to look a g- greasy technician in the eye and say, no, son, we're not doing that, then this is a good place to go. There's five or six shops in this valley that have f- strong females that have a predominant position in how that shop goes and runs. And Harker's is one of them. So if, you, if you're a woman that would like to deal with a lady, Harker's is one of five or six shops in town. You can email me, mark at marksalem.com, and I'll tell you the rest. But Harker's is a good shop, and Bob runs a really good shop, and he is well-equipped to fix almost anything you've got wrong with your car. Dan, number one, how can I help you? Good morning. How are you doing today? Listen to your show all the time. Love the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, and I'm fine today. So I've, I've got a 77 truck with a 400, and um, it's got bad oil pressure. Rebuilt the engine, it's got bad oil pressure. Put a high-volume oil pump, still has bad oil pressure. It's got 60 when it's cold and less than 15 when it's hot. I've got a mechanical gauge in the vehicle, and I've got a Holley multiport fuel injection that has an electric sender gauge also, and they both agree with the pressure. So you're worried about 15, deg- 15 pounds of pressure? Yeah. What kind of oil are you running? 10 oil, 10, 40, or 2050, rather. Okay. Is, uh, is the oil pressure light turning on the light? It, is doesn't the oil have, pressure... it doesn't have a light. It's got a mechanical gauge factory. Okay. Is it in the red zone in the mechanical gauge? 
that doesn't really have red zone, but it's all the way down on the on the nothing mark. Okay. Usually there's this little goal post on the gauges of the older cars. So there's a horizontal line, then there's a goal post on either end, and that's what they call the normal range. Is it within the goal post, do you think? No. Okay. It, All right. it, it barely gets off the first, it barely gets off the parked post. Okay. Um, if you and I were to get into this and drive it down the freeway at 70 miles an hour, would it start clattering? Not a bit. So up, or you touch the throttle, the pressure goes right up. Okay. It's just that idle. It idles at 1,000. Okay. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, the oil pump itself dumps extra pressure, or you've got some leak at one of the cam bearings or something like that. But if you're going down the road at 70 miles an hour and you have oil pressure and you're not clattering, and that thing will go from here to Flagstaff, turn around and go to Tucson and then come back and not blow up the motor, and you had oil pressure that whole time and it never started clattering, then you don't really have a problem. The real question is is that the, what you've got is not within acceptable standards of you and me, but in reality, um, I, I suppose I would probably put a 30 weight, a straight 30 in it, and see what changes that made. The only yeah. other thing that you could do is you're not losing, you're not going to be losing oil pressure at a, a rod bearing or a main bearing. Um, have a, a significant leak there without some noise. <laughs> and, yeah. and, but cams, cams you could. Well, look, the cam bearings are new and the cam is new. I plastic gauge the whole assembly, putting it together, and the rods were about a thousand. The mains were one, one and a half, and the the rear main was two. Okay. Let's let's do this. Run a thousand miles. Put put fresh oil in it next time. Run a thousand miles. Take an oil sample. Run another thousand miles. Take an oil sample. You can get the sample on the internet for peanuts. Send them the oil and see what kind of growth there is between sample one and sample two. If there's no growth in stainless steel, copper, iron, brass, blah blah blah, then you don't have a problem. Okay. That's what I would do. But um, why are you idling it at a thousand? That's that's just where the fuel injection idles. I haven't I haven't dialed it down yet, with the okay. AC on and stuff. And I don't know. Just, that's where oh. it was. I just left it there. Okay, it's a highly modified motor. Somebody has done yeah. a bunch of work and and taken a Fred Flintstone rock crusher and turned it into a Microsoft port fuel injected sequential port fuel injected motor. Yeah, it runs okay. real good. Okay, okay. As long as you aren't shedding engine engine metal in it, then I'd say, hey, come pick me up and let's see if we can burn the back tires off of it. Oh, it'll smoke the back tires. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I was just about had to run twenty fifty to get such good oil pressure. That that was because I when I first put it together, I had ten thirty in it, and it was miserable. It was I don't remember what it was. It was I don't think it made ten at a hot at an idle. Yeah, I mean hot engine at idle. Okay. And, folks, what we're talking about between me and Dan, number one, it has nothing to do with anything else in the world. He understands what he's saying, and I understand what he's saying. But but you could walk away with the the, the idea that if you're not happy with your oil t- pressure, put peanut butter in your engine. And that's not what we're talking about here. What we're, we're talking about just technically what makes changes and stuff like that. So, Dan, you'll understand that the last thing I wanted people to do is start putting peanut butter in their engines and having their fuel economy drop by two or three miles to the gallon, and then the catalytic converter starts plugging up because we're running fuel through it like a, a, a Mississippi River you know, a flood. Those are the kinds of issues. Anyway, thank you, Dan. Good luck to you. Dan, number two, you're up. 
Yeah, Mark, I have a concern about oil filters. Uh, is it? Is it? Could you actually flush them out and reuse them? No. Because it's paper inside. Why would you want to? They're what? They're five, six bucks. I was just wondering. Yeah, no, no. They do make a one that you can put on and take apart and clean up and stuff like that. But um, no, an oil filter has a, a bypass valve inside of it. It has pleated paper that can sometimes be ten feet long if you if you unwound the whole thing. And um, it it also it also typically the trash on the bottom will fall to the bottom. So. Oil filters are not on my radar screen at all. Uh, I firmly believe that um, there's one guy in the entire world that makes oil filters, and they're all the same. So I, um, for me, um, you know, when I go through lots of oil filters, I put the same oil filter on my wife's car and on my car and on my truck that I put on my customers' cars, but the bottom line is, is I don't think that there's a significant difference for Mark Salem to worry about what brand or what the box says on the oil filter. So, yeah, I was just concerned if I could do that, but then again, I, I knew they had paper in them and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's pleated. It, it, you know, you can take a big pipe wrench and cut the, the, the dome off of it and take it apart and look at it. Um, and, and if you go on Wix's website, W-I-X's website, they've got, a, they've got a, a, a video there the last time I was there. Showed them they cut a can off of it, and then they unpleated everything. So, yeah, if, don't, don't even put in a filter that pre-filters the oil to the filter. Don't do that. That would be a restriction that that wouldn't probably turn out well. Anyway, 602-508-0960 is the phone number. The lines are wide open. We have five lines. We did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine calls this hour. Actually, up until now. (laughs) And we have a half an hour left on the show. So you're welcome to to join us. All you have to do is call 602-508-0960. I'm really good at this. My husband says this. My dad says this. Would you tell me who's right? I'm really good at that. I'm really good at my wife wants to buy a Maserati and I want a Ford F550. I'm I'm pretty good with those kinds of questions as well. I'm not good with questions that start with on Google it says I have no patience for Google, and it's really Fred in a New Hampshire penitentiary giving everybody automotive advice, and he hasn't been out in years. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. The idea that Joe Biden said, come, you're coming because they know I'm a nice guy. Well, here's the deal. They're not. Crisis at the Border, May 25th with Mike Gallagher, Seth Liebson, Andy Biggs, and just added Sebastian Gorka. The progressive left and the Democratic Party have tried to fundamentally transform this country for years. 
The crisis at our border that the Biden administration gave us is the perfect left-wing strategy to accomplish their goals. That's why 960 The Patriot and Guns Etc. are fighting back. Join Mike, Sebastian, Seth, and Congressman Biggs Tuesday night as they discuss their firsthand experience at the border, the state of Arizona and our country, plus much more. Don't wait. Get tickets now at 960thepatriot.com. Crisis at the Border, now with Sebastian Gorka. We're doing what you-know-who won't. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> 960thepatriot.com. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately, because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs, face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke, FAST. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. I'll pick you up after school. Okay, I got it. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine, and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. All about that demon. Thirty-four minutes after the hour of eleven o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday, we're here from ten to twelve, talking about car, car repair stuff. You can call in anytime you want. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Kurt's Auto Repair is up at I seventeen and Bell Road. I've known Kurt for twenty-five plus years. There's been many times that I have sent him a customer, and virtually every single time I get a nice note from the customer telling, him, telling me about their great experience, especially a lady who was told by three different other shops that she needed a motor, and all she needed was an oil pressure switch. Oil pressure switch was lying about the oil pressure to the dashboard. There was nothing wrong with the engine. So Kurt is a hero in my book. So if you live near I-17 and Bell Road, then Kurt's would be a good place. If you don't have a shop, Kurt's would be a good place to start. Karen, good morning. How can I help you? Hi there. Hi there. Um, I, ho- I hope you can help me because I I'm, I'm just don't feel like I'm getting the right answer anywhere. I, um, I flew up to Washington back in January, and I bought a 93 Ford Ranger four-wheel drive, uh, four-liter 
from my dad who had it for 10 years. He replaced the, well, he rebuilt the engine himself. Um, and he drove it that way, I don't know, for three years or so, he said. So I go out and buy it. I drive back here to Arizona and it, it did pretty good. Um, but now it's smoking blue smoke like crazy. And, I can't imagine that it would be ringed because he drove it for so long and he would drive it back and forth to Idaho. Um, I spoke with him the other day and he he's kind of leaning towards maybe it blew a valve seal or something, but all the mechanics that I have taken it to, it's like nobody wants to look at it. They all just say, oh, well, you, you need a new engine. It's ringed. Oh. And my gut tells me that's not what it is. Okay, well, there's something about women who listen to that little voice inside of them. And guys, most of my cowboy buddies, that little voice inside of them is just an irritant that needs to be itched. This is no big deal. This is no big deal. What part of town do you live in? A Mesa. Okay. Um, I would talk, I'd call Brian over at Thompson's Auto Repair. But I can tell you that this is the procedure. This isn't a big deal. First of all, we're going to find out where the blue smoke's coming from and which cylinder. So the first thing we're going to do is pull all the spark plugs out of it, and it's going to tell us which cylinder's pumping oil. It's not they're likely. All clean. They're all clean. They're all okay, clean. good. All then we've got to be sucking the oil through the valve stems. That's okay. the only other place it's coming. So it's coming through the valve stems. It's being introduced with the fuel. And and the gasoline is diluting it, and so we're sending it out. So then the question is, is is which one of them have we got problems with? It's this to track it. I don't know what the repair is going to be, but to track it down is 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 no big deal. We would also run a compression test when we had the spark plugs out of it, just to make sure that we had some semblance of order on the compression side of all the little four cylinder of this of this four liter. Um, it could have a bad intake gasket where we're sucking oil out of the valley. That would typically show up on the spark plug. And what bothers me about that the spark plugs are all clean is is we're pumping blue smoke out the tailpipe, but we have clean spark plugs. But this blue smoke is created by the explosion of gasoline and oil. So how is it that we can have clean spark plugs when we have, we're fogging, we're driving down the road fogging for mosquitoes? You see my point? Sadly. um, And so, so it's... I hope you're not telling them that the spark plugs are clean um, because somebody else told you that. The spark plugs... No, no, actually, we pulled them out myself and, and, and I replaced them all. And They were clean. expecting to see oil in there. And, yeah, I actually, I, I kept them all just in case anybody wanted to see them. <laughs> okay. So the only other place that we could ingest oil into the combustion chamber that would... And it has to go past the exhaust valve into the exhaust and come out the tailpipe. So the uh-huh. only other place would be valve guide seals. And to be honest with you, we don't have to take the heads off. What what we typically do if we're going to have to go in and do seals is we just air up the cylinder, we back off the two rockers, we slide the springs off, we use air in the cylinder so the valve doesn't fall in the cylinder, and if it does, Karen, you're in big trouble. So somebody better know what they're doing if they're going to be doing this. But anyway, we can replace valve guide seals. Now, if the valve guides are the problem, seals is just going to be a temporary fix. So I don't know who did the valve guides. I don't know if they were knurled. I don't know if they were replaced. I don't know any of that kind of stuff. But to find the, to find out where the oil leak is, it's a piece of cake. What part of town do you live in? 
Um, I'm, I'm in Mesa, just off of Val Vista. Okay. Um, I, I would certainly call Brian um, over at uh, Thompson's Auto Repair and talk to him. Um, you could go to um, Bell Automotive at uh, the 101 in McDowell, which is in the very southeast corner of Scottsdale. Um, okay. And you, Bell Automotive, um, Thompson's Auto Repair, and uh, the other one would be, have you got your pencil handy? I do. <laughs> All right, you're going to write fast. You ready? Yeah. 480-598-1234. Ask for Andy. And my daughter Andy, I, I, I this show isn't about my shop, I, it, so that's why I avoid those kinds of conversations altogether. But, but my daughter runs our our store, and we have, we have, plenty of capabilities to answer the question, why have I got blue smoke? That's the question: is why have I got blue smoke? Okay, I do. I do notice when I first turn the engine on in the morning, um, it'll it'll surge. It'll go from like a thousand RPMs, and then it might go up close to two, and it'll just kind of float back and forth between those two, and just up and down and up and down. And sometimes the the oil pressure gauge, well, pretty much every day, but it just depends on what what it feels like doing. It'll kind of shake back and forth. But I also noticed that the battery one does that on occasion too. So I'm I'm almost thinking that maybe those two are just it's an old truck; it's never been replaced. Maybe they're just worn out <laughs> yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna do the cold cold weather startup surge we'll, we'll deal with that okay. later and 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 whether that's related to the blue smoke out the tailpipe it could be but we're not going to follow that trail we're gonna we're gonna work on the blue smoke out the tailpipe that's that's what needs okay. to happen and then if by chance we find a vacuum leak that's causing it to suck oil out of the valve covers and that's the blue smoke then the vacuum leak is what's causing the surge so once i fix the vacuum leak i'll fix the surge and the blue smoke you see my point? I see. So, yeah, so okay. let's let's focus on what we start with and then and a lot of the questions you ask ask first of all, I love dealing with ladies cuz we can have a conversation as opposed to the hairy chested guys who want to tell me how to fix their car cuz their dad told them. The <laughs> the idea the idea is you have valid questions my, but my answer is this. I can answer them after I fix your car. <laughs> okay. I can answer um, them. That's how it works, okay? One, one other thing I'm going to throw out there is, and I don't think it has anything to do with the blue smoke, but I know when he replaced uh, the parts in the engine that he did not replace the rocker arms and the push rods. Um, so they're making noise, but they're not going to cause the blue smoke, right? No, unless they're, if they're too tight, it's going to backfire. And if they're too loose, and it's also going to have a rough idle. And if they're too loose, they're going to, going to clatter. But if the valves they are clatter. danced, Okay, if the valves are dancing around in the valve stems, in the in the in the uh, in the stem seals, if the valves are dancing around in the in the valve, I'm missing the word right now. Um, then, <laughs> then 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 he knurled them and he should have replaced them. So um, he, all of that can happen, but it's just a step by step process. I got to run, but thank you very much, Karen and Stephen. You stay right there. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Sam Stone, the host of Broken Potholes, the show that crashes head-on into the disastrous progressive policies destroying our greatest cities and, in time, our country. Ours is like no other show on the air. You'll hear the truth about what the left is trying to do to destroy our republic, what we can do to fight back, and we're going to have some fantastic guests on every week. 
That's Broken Potholes every Saturday, 3 p.m., right here on 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. I am proud to defend our nation. Proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference. I am proud to be part of something larger than me and to serve my country. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving in the Air Force Reserve. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. I am proud to be a member. I am proud to protect our... Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. There's two good shops I haven't talked about, and I'm going to do that real quick. Action Auto Repairs at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983 and even before that. He's honest, he's dependable, he knows how to fix cars, he knows how to handle his employees and treat his employees with respect, and he also knows how to insist that they do the right thing, not what's best for them or their pocketbook or their paycheck. So if you're anywhere near I-17 and Deer Valley, he's on the northwest corner of Deer Valley and I-17. He's a good guy, and he has lots of ASE Master Certified Technicians. On the other end of the country, Auto Dynamics is Sun City's largest and most trusted source for complete automotive services. I've known Chuck Nide since 1968. I've know, I know his son, Derek, who helps run his operation. So in Sun City, there's lots and lots of great shops. But the one I ship people to is Auto Dynamics, and they're on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Stephen, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Boy, you call me Stephen. That's what my mother called me when I was bad. You, you know, <laughs> that's what Gil I'm told Steve. me. Gil's the engineer that took your name. <laughs> and boy, if I heard my middle name, Stephen Michael, oh, I was in a lot of trouble. Oh, and Mark Edward, the same way, boy. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. When my her, my yep. mom said Mark Edward, I'm, my, my butt was grass. <laughs> yep. Um, hey, the reason I'm calling, I've got 2006 Toyota Ton. Perfect. Um, air conditioning, when the outside temp is at like 95 and above, when I'm at a traffic signal, I've just started it up, and low, low RPMs, Air conditioner runs warm. As soon as I'm, even if I rev it, if I, if I hold the throttle up to a couple grand, if I'm parked, it uh, doesn't change. Um, once I get on the road, air is flowing, I'm assuming over the uh, condenser at the front of the truck, air conditioner is perfect. Ice cold, cold as I want it. Uh, Toyota dealer, who I've always gone to for service, uh, evacuated the system, re- recharged it, and put the dye in it, and there's no leaks. I'm baffled. They say there's nothing wrong. Okay. Well, it didn't do first, this when it was new. Okay. Well, well, first of all, if it blew cold and you liked it, then it wasn't a Freon level issue. So I, I'm unclear as to how you got to where we're going to evacuate and recharge it. Um, but but in reality, we have equipment we didn't have today that, that we didn't have yesterday. So we suck it all out. It's supposed to hold 31 ounces, and we find out that you're 28, so we put the rest of it in. 
those are the kinds of things that we typically use. I think there was a minor discrepancy. I don't remember the amount. Okay. It's been a couple months ago, but I'm but, now that but, it's hot and okay. I work. But, but we have to listen to our customer, and you said it blew completely to your satisfaction on the cold side when you're moving. The difference is the airflow across the condenser when you're stopped, and that has to do with the electric fans or the, the fan clutch. That's all it is, electric fan or the fan clutch. We got airflow problems across it, and all we have to do is fix that. So the fact that it works fine when you have airflow and it's substandard to you, Stephen, when you're stopped, that's really right. kind of easy. That's all. Okay, so it's not a, the only other thing I could think of was the air conditioner pump not uh, no moving flow. I'm no, a cool guy, no. so a pump you know if pump doesn't flow. Nope, nope, no. nope, nope. Because okay. you, it's it's when we spin a spool up the compressor, you 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 find the air conditioning the temperature of the air conditioning perfect. Well, yep. that same compressor is capable at low end at high end. It's an airflow okay. problem. The difference between idling and 70 miles an hour is how much air is being shoved through the radiator and the condenser. So, And sure. you said it's an 06 and it's a Tundra, and I don't know how many bugs are between the condenser and the radiator. I don't know what that area looks like, but I'd be putting a flashlight on one side and looking through the grill on the other side, and if I found okay. half of the flying insects in the world in there, then that's all you have to do is clean that out. Okay? Right. Okay. okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you your help. Thank you, Stephen. John, you're up next. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, question's been bugging me for a long time. It's not a engine problem or anything. My uncle was an old wrench twister in Nebraska in the 50s and 60s, and a farmer friend of his invented something that tremendously increased gas mileage um, back then, and either the oil companies or somebody came in and gave him over a million dollars for that little invention and told him to shut up. Um, speaking with my son-in-law last night, I get 14 miles to the gallon for my truck, being a 98 Ford. He has a Dodge Ram. He gets like 21 as the year 21. Why is not our gas mileage increased with all the computers and sophisticated equipment that we have now to where it should be much higher than what we're getting? Well, it it has, but we just need to frame it appropriately. So we've got Honda Civics out there that are running 40 and 50 miles to the gallon. I've got a one-ton truck, a one-ton Dodge four-wheel drive um, that gets 16 miles to the gallon. And, and my wife, God bless her, my wife drag races everybody she can because, uh, you know, my son built the truck and it's got a little extra here and there and and I tell her not to do that but but the truck isn't babied it pulls horse trailers with four horses it pulls tractors with with bobcats on them so and I'm I'm 15 and a half 16 and a half miles to the gallon so it's not fair you, you we forget that in the 70s we were in, we were in the 9 and 10 miles per gallon we forget that people would be in their garage for 30 minutes and die Today, you're going to die of starvation in your garage before you die of asphyxiation in your garage. The tailpipes are so clean today. There's nothing coming out of the tailpipe where in the old days, everything was coming out of the tailpipe. I mean, you, 
when was the last time, and I don't mean to be gruesome, but when was the last time you heard somebody lock them? If you're going to lock yourself in your garage with your brand new GM Ford Honda Toyota Chrysler product, you're going to die of starvation before you die of anything else. Oh, yeah. So if I tell my kids when we get behind an old car, I say, smell this. This is what it used to be in the old days. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You're exactly right. And, you know, you and I and, and many other gray-haired guys, we can smell those cars when we we are we our noses are like the emission tests of the seventies. We can pull up behind a car and I can tell HC from uh, CO. I can tell that this guy's running just big time fuel out of his tailpipe because I can smell it. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> and and so yes, we we have all of that. But but also keep in mind to defend the industry, the fuel economy is directly related to the foot. Of the persons whose hands are on the wheel. <laughs> now, that was your wife, eh? <laughs> and I, I followed my wife from facing the other day, and I'm not usually, um, I am capable of being the lead dog in the pack. And she's driving a Ford Edge, and, and I don't know what happened. After 400 years of marriage, she bought a Ford, and I, I haven't spoke to her since, and, and I've been eating uh, my McDonald's cards about maxed out. But but my Dodge has a tough time keeping up with her little bitty Ford Edge with a V6, um, but not always. I mean, I, I can pass her every once in a while. When she's doing 50, I can pass her at 55 or 60. But, um, yeah, it's... Your point is is well taken, but we have to think about computer-controlled spark, timing, fuel, decel, transmissions with four, five, six, seven, eight speeds, overdrive, lockup. We have all these innovations, and now we have a – our bicycles don't have 10 speeds. they got 30 speeds. And so now we've got all this going on, plus we got a computer that's looking at the tailpipe. So you, you, you're right, okay. it's different, but you and I can still smell a stinker in front of us. Yes, we can. Okay, okay well, thank you for answering that, Mark. You betcha. Thank you. All righty. You know, I haven't got this wound up in a long time. Do we have any other callers? <laughs> oh, lines are open, Mark. Okay. Old, I'm just writing um, bad MPGs, new, um, plus, plus, plus. We started talking uh, about um, RPMs and, and the speed of engines and peanut butter is the oil and all that kind of stuff. There, there are a lot of my friends who disagree with me, but they, they build cardboard boxes and one guy sells lots of ink pens and one guy's an electrician and one guy's a paint and body guy and, and n- none of them have had the hours and the months and the years of my life sniffing tailpipes. I remember long before we sniffed tailpipes, I could tell, and along with some of the gray-haired guys who taught me, we could tell that the float, the float had sunk on this quadrajet or the holly has blown the power valve, all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is today we are in great shape today. We have cars that if you don't overheat them and you don't cook the motor by an overheat and you don't run it low on oil, that car will circle the earth 30 times. 30 times. And you lose sight of that. You go, oh, my, car, my car's got 100,000 miles. Yeah, it's been around the equator four times. The equator's 24,488,000 m- miles or something like that. 24,844 miles. I don't remember what it is. 25,000, call it. So the bottom line is, is that at 100,000 miles, you've been around the equator four times, and then obviously 200,000, it's eight times. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that. Who we got, Gil? 
We have Steve. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Hey, I have a question. Uh, I inherited a truck. Uh, it was actually my dad's old truck. My brother restored it, put a 383 stroker in it. It's a 1952 Chevy. And uh, he passed away a couple years ago, and I inherited it. <clears throat> and uh, I'm just wondering, I, I, I never got any information on what type of oil he was using in there. Um, I've asked some other car buddies. They said to use uh, standard oil. Some say to use uh, synthetic. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Okay. Well, 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 tell me, does it have a carburetor or fuel injection? It has a carburetor. Okay. Does it have dual it's exhaust? Holly. Okay. And oh, so Rochester. it's a Holly. Okay. Rochester. So it's a, it's a Rochester. Okay, good. So it's yeah. got a four barrel. It's a 383 stroker, which is a small block that's been beefed up. It probably has dual right. exhaust. Automatic or standard? Yeah. It's automatic. Okay. It's well, then there's only redone. There's only four companies that make all the oil in the world: Mobile, Shell, Phillips sixty six, and Chevron. You want me to go through those again for you? Mobile, Shell, Phillips sixty six, and Chevron. Okay. They, everything comes through their refineries. I don't really care about the oil a brand. I, I'm I'm kind of shopping price right now. I'm I'm with Chevron because I have a long term deal with Chevron, and we we might pour. Uh, 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 gallons a day. So um, I, I just okay. happened to renegotiate my contract with Chevron. Before that, I was with Valvoline, and before that, I was with Shell. So I, I don't know if I'd worry about it. I think what I would do if I were you is if you don't have any oil leaking and it doesn't blow any blue smoke, I think what I'd put in that is probably a 520 or a 530 synthetic. I'd change it once a year. How many miles a year does this car go? Uh, not very many because I mostly just take it to car shows of three or four or five times a year. Okay. So five or 6,000 miles. I'd put a conventional probably, in there. Yeah. I'd probably put a 530 in there. A conventional oil change it once a year at the beginning of the summer, and you'd be home free. And anybody that wants to argue, just send it my way, and hopefully they have the oil <laughs> credentials that I have. Okay? Okay, so, yeah. I've been I, listening to your show, and I thought you're the guy to ask. So. Yeah, I, I I do that. I, I have I have lots of vehicles. We have I have a supercharged Corvette and or a, a Corvette with a twin turbo, and, and I have a, a blower on a, a 2010 Camaro, and I follow my own advice. It, these cars get three, four, five thousand miles a year. <laughs> Just change them once a year, right before the summertime, and use a conventional oil. That gives me the protection right. I need. So in yeah. your particular case, that's that's what I would do. And here's here's something else I'm going to pass to you. Okay, get it All up right. at operating temperature. Advance the timing a little bit at the time until she just rattles on hard acceleration and then back off the timing. Just okay. and, and when we say back off the timing, the screwdriver's on the distributor and you go like this twice. Okay? <laughs> that's okay. that's called backing <laughs> off. <laughs> and then then if it doesn't drag the starter when it's hot, otherwise you go in and start it and it goes if it doesn't drag the starter, that's your sweet spot. If it drags the starter, okay. take a couple of more degrees off of it, okay? Okay. That there's no like spec for that. Yeah, there's no spec for that 383. I just gave you the Mark Salem spec, and that's every old gray-haired guy in the world knows how that goes. Thank you very much. My email's mark at marksalem.com. If you have a car question, I'll answer it. I would really appreciate it if you just give me your phone number, um, and we can discuss it, because I hate to type. My fingers are fat. They're huge. 
my wife yells at me. She makes me capitalize letters and stuff like that. So tell me what the situation is, and then just give me a phone number. I'm going to call with a blocked number, but I will identify myself immediately. Hi, this is Mark Salem. You sent me an email. Can we Have you got a minute to talk? That's what I say. So mark at marksalem.com. See you next Saturday right here on KKNT at 10 a.m.